0: Welcome everyone. You are listening to the I Am a Spartan podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show. It will probably suck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Scott the Fane Knowles, and you are listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. I right. on today's episode, I got to talk to Chris Chapman, totally cool dude. Listen to this. Hey, what's up, everybody? I got Chris Chapman on the phone here today. He's been running OCR since 2013. Is that right, Chris? Uh, I think
0: I got into it uh, late 2011. Oh yeah, and really got started getting serious about it in uh, yeah 2012. Uh, which was then when I, I think I experienced Spartan at the end of 2012.
1: Right. When it was maybe that's where I was getting that that information from. And I could, that, yeah,
0: very well could could have been my first one down in the uh, uh,
1: Carolinas beast was the first one yeah i was looking at your stats it looked like 90 percent of your races were like you were like in the top 10 so <laughs> chris is a phenomenal yeah, had, runner it, it, yeah
0: no thank you yeah, at the beginning I, I think i had a few like
1: eighth places right
0: like back to back and i was
1: like well i guess i'm just gonna always be eighth you know <laughs> like, anyway yeah, sorry sorry to interrupt <laughs> but it, it's okay. cool so uh chris uh I know you're from uh, Columbus, Ohio. Tell, tell us what you do for a living, man. So, actually,
0: uh, I'm hosting the first clinic in Columbus, Ohio, but I'm actually uh, down in Cincinnati, Ohio. Right. So, so you'll you'll find you'll find me up there in Columbus.
1: Right. So funny. so you're so you're a running coach, and that's what you do full time.
0: Uh no, I, it'd be fun to do running coaching full time, but. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's really just uh, it's just a hobby that I'm trying to expand a little bit here. Right. So uh, full time I work. Um, I essentially manage the IT for a couple of small uh, small businesses. One of them deals uh, with loan closings. So if you have a, a refinance or something and you need a notary to close that, the title company will contact us, and we'll send a notary out to your house to uh, meet you to sign the paperwork um, the other company is a, a wellness company out of uh, northern Ohio so both companies are remote which is kind of nice it means I get to work from home which definitely
1: helps oh that's awesome
0: through, uh, the, yeah the training schedule uh, so at least I get to cut the uh, commute time uh, down to about 10 seconds between my kitchen and dining room so uh, <laughs> yeah that's that's also a,
1: a good thing when you're you know training hard you know
0: so, yeah, because you do uh do a little bit of recovery
1: more easily and Oh yeah. Uh,
0: squeeze in a, squeeze in a midday run if need be or just do whatever whatever the case may be.
1: Yeah. And you're uh and like I said, you're 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 doing like coaching running kinda of on the side, you know, as like a hobby I guess and, and it's called what is it called? Gravity Run, is that right?
0: Yeah, so uh gravity dot run. Uh, and the gravity comes from the idea that using the, the pose method of running, which we can get into, um, the idea is that you can use gravity to essentially fall, you're falling forward, and you're using gravity to um, help you go faster. So that's where the gravity piece, and now that they have all these fun dot whatever yeah. Uh, domain names. I, I realized they had a dot run. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go ahead and get that for the heck of it. You know, so, <laughs> uh, Gravity. Dot run was born. Uh, oh, that's cool. When that came together, yeah. But, I mean, h- historically, I, I've been running since. Um, I, I like to tell people the second day of my junior year of high school when I needed a reason to drive to school. So I my uh, math teacher was the cross country coach and. Like We need a few more guys for the team, so I'm like, well, sounds good to me. Well, I guess I can run every day. That's a reason to drive every day. Um, so started running then and kind of fell away from it after college. I, I was not fast enough to run it for the college team, but just kept running. And then I uh, would really picked it up again in my early 30s, uh, just when kind of raising a family and rehabbing a house and some other uh, work stuff just kind of slowed down a little bit, and it uh, provided the time to uh, to do more running.
1: And here I am today. Here, so, so how did you get into the coaching side of it?
0: Uh, the so the the pose method, uh, that technique for running, I came across that originally in Brian McKenzie's book, and it ultimately saved me from repetitive injuries that, you know, knee pain, shin issues, uh, you know, hips, hip issues, just a, a lot of issues I, I've, I've had over the years um, from just not ever taking time to look at technique and how I'm how I'm actually running. Um, so that, that book opened my eyes to the Pose Method and then because it just had such a big impact on me, I, I felt... You know, I'm going to go get certified by the guy that uh, actually created the pose method for teaching the, this method of running. Uh, it's really pose method is a, a, ultimately a technique for uh, poses running as a skill. And that it can be trained through drills, much like, you know, you do baseball drills or football drills. Um, so all those sports have skills to them, and running tends to not be looked at as a skill like everybody can go out and run and that's that's true but you know when 85 percent of runners every year come down with some injury right that's that's an issue i've um, been there and yeah you know, I, mean, I think i think most people have I mean, i've been there too and you know knock on wood like the last couple of years i've been ultimately injury free even training for um, you know the, the tahoe ultra beast last year uh, so it's just like, you know, there's something to this, this method of running, so doing the drills and being able to perceive how you're hitting the, uh, how you're impacting the ground every step. Um, so I wanted to um, tell people about it and be able to, um, you know, ultimately train people and pass, pe- pass that knowledge along to, to others. So the uh, Dr. Nicholas Romanoff, the guy that came up with the method, uh, he he has these clinics around the country. So a few like a month and a half ago, finally decided you know what, I'm going to go and take one of his clinics. so I went and joined the went through the two day clinic, and now I'm you know quote unquote certified to uh, teach the, the running technique. Um, before then, you know I'd give tips to people, just you know hey consider this and whatnot, but um, didn't really take it serious. And I thought you know, having some sort of certification because i don't have any other sports related certifications right. um it just might might just you know help a little bit when it comes to you know what, what does this guy really know what he's talking about because i'm not winning every race i'm not like the fastest runner out there but i've seen the benefits of actually working through
1: this technique um and, and let's back up a second. You you just mm-hmm. mentioned about how you were training for the Ultra Beast at Tahoe. I, I I was cruising through your results and I saw where you took fourth place in that, and you beat Robert Killian by ten minutes, which was pretty cool. <laughs> well, let's not
0: let's not forget that Robert Killian basically busted up his knee the day before. <laughs> <a>
1: beast, <laughs> hey, don't downsize what you did, man. <laughs> All right. was
0: was fifth and I was fourth on that that given day
1: you were on a better day man you didn't say hey Robert why don't you go run world championships the day before I beat you by ten minutes I mean come on (laughs)
0: that's true that's true you know honestly I I thought he had dropped out of the race until I saw him on the the second uh, the bucket carry on the second time around which was close to the finish yeah. I, I thought, if I don't get my act together and speed it up, uh, he's going to pass me on this last downhill, so it was good that he was there, and it kind of provided the last little bit of motivation to hurry up and get that thing over with. Right.
1: So did yeah. you, like, hang the medal on his neck when he come across the finish
0: line? <laughs> <laughs> I was still trying to peel myself off the ground after, after finishing that one, Yeah. know? That,
1: that was a brutal race, from what I saw and read.
0: Well, and then if you were out there past, you know, seven hours, I think that's when the snow started to come in. Yeah. It started snowing not long after I finished, and I just I can't imagine being out there in the snow on that day. Oh, I could. I'd Thankfully, bet they, they they took the swim. They took the swim out because of the combined temperature of. Uh, the air and the water temperature was below a certain uh, temperature, I guess. So uh, Spartan was like, it's just not safe to do that.
1: They took that out. Yeah, it's one thing to run a Spartan race. It's another thing to run a Spartan race when it's under 30 degrees. That's awful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then then have to be exposed to water on the course. I mean, the swim is, I I love the swims, especially, you know, maybe – talked about Asheville just the other week, and, like, they had that creek run, and there were a few spots where, uh... It was sketchy. You were, you were underwater.
1: <laughs> yeah, right there in the beginning it was, and, and man, I actually, like, passed a ton of people because they were kind of, I guess, you know, nervous mm-hmm. about, like, sprinting through there and jacking up an ankle, but I'd passed a bunch of people in there, but then as soon as we got back up and it got flat, all the people that could run faster than me just come <laughs> right around me, but. Hey, you make up time where you can, right? It's you steal your race, you know?
0: Exactly. Yeah, those rocks were slippery and not, they were not flat. So I was, I was probably one of those guys you passed because I was, I was taking my sweet time getting through there. I think I came out of the water and the creek at like 50th place or something. I looking at the the links results and figured I was back there way, but didn't realize I was uh,
1: yeah. in 50th place. And then it went up that you went up that hill for like it seemed like a mile, I think. It was just a slow uphill grade. And I'm like, yeah, everybody's about to pass me now. Oh, <laughs> you know, but going
0: back to, you know, this, this technique, you can literally fall uphill and make running uphill a lot easier. So having recently had the training and this being the first race with a decent incline, um, since then, it's like, if you get your hips in the right spot and work on just pulling your feet from the ground and not pushing yourself up the hill, you can almost float up hills,
1: yeah, which and, is pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, and this past week, I actually sent you a video of myself running, and you sent mm-hmm. me back the results, and I was reading the results, and I haven't tried any of the drills yet, and, I, and I'm going to, but it, I remember it was reading... Like, in the frames, you were, t- it said something about 1.1, and I was running at a 3.3. Uh, explain that to me. What is that actually yeah, talking yeah, about? So, absolutely. So, the whole thing
0: with the pose method, and I didn't learn this until the clinic, um, with this analysis, you know, you'll probably have been to a running store, and people are like, oh, you know, well, we'll get you on this treadmill, and we'll see how your feet pronate. And it's like, oh, everybody pronates it. Like, you know, it's... So right, your your body's designed to donate somewhat and to absorb the, the impact. Um, but what we look for is this one to one ratio of the time you initially your foot initially contacts the ground and the time you get into the quote unquote pose position. So taking another step back, every runner goes through this pose position, which is basically you have one foot on the ground and then your other foot is passing. Oh. Right. Uh, by your other leg, so everybody's leg has to pass through, so it can then hit the ground again, and your other leg then passes by. So it's this kind of figure four uh, position that you you can think about it that way. Um, so it's between the time your your foot initially hits the ground and then you get to this midline. Um, that's you want to count the number of frames, so we can as you can count the number of frames between initial impact and um, the time you get to that next point. Uh, and in this case, it was three frames to get from initial contact to the uh, that pose position. Uh, and then we look at how many frames from pose until you um, you then pull or finish falling uh, and pull your foot off the ground. Right. So... What that tells me, going from a one to one ratio up to a three to three, it's good news because you can cut quite a bit of time off of your, um, your stride by getting rid of the unnecessary movement. The so pose method basically says there are three key key positions every runner has to go through. Now, everybody now runners then typically subconsciously add on other um, other movements to their running. For example, like you can, you want to land as close to under your center of mass, which is basically your, your belly button, you know, landing under your hips. Um, and then that's going to let you get into this pose position really quickly. So the, then you fall again really quickly and repeat that process thousands of times as you run. So it's um, pose, fall, pull your foot off the ground are the three key frames that every runner goes through. Now you'll have some runners that put their heel way out in front and they heel, and heel strike. So heel striking is not necessarily bad. It's just it happens to, you know, it, it deviates from the standard of three key frames of pose, fall, and pull. Um, so if you land with your heel way out in front, your your body's going to have to work to get over that initial impact and that impact of heel striking is then sending you know, up to three times your body weight all right. of that impact force into your joints as opposed to if you land more under your general center of mass your body's going to use its natural shock absorbers to absorb that impact and then translate that into forward motion. So I'm I know I'm talking about a lot of things because I really ha- I'm still very much a student of this uh, of this pose method. Right. So if any of that, if you have any questions about that,
1: well, just stop me. I mean, from watching the drills, and I I mean mm-hmm. I I'm, I I I'm pretty sure my problem is is I overstride a little bit, and from watching the drills, it looks like you know. You're wanting to lift your knees up and then kind of make a, a motion almost like you're trying to kick yourself in the butt, but not as quite that not quite that high. And and when I try, when I'm doing my slower runs and I try to kind of uh-huh. practice my form and all, it seems like um, I'm I'm not, you know they I'm, what I guess what I'm getting to is is when you're trying to run in this form, do you want to try to run towards 180 strides per minute? Because it seems like when I try to lift my leg up more, like I'm trying to kick my butt or whatever, it seems like mm-hmm. uh, I get further away from 180 strides a minute. Is it because I'm opening up my stride too much when I'm trying to do that, you think? So, okay,
0: let us uh, let me take a step back. You, you are overstriding uh, a bit, so it's not, you're not. I'm not too concerned about your overstride from a uh, injury perspective because your knee is at least bent when you're impacting the ground. There are other people where they have like a straight leg extended, right, and they impact the ground, and that's just all the forces going up like to the knee into the hip. But you're, you you had your leg bent a little bit, which is great to see. So, um, but yeah, so you're overstriding a little bit. What we what the drills want to do, but then going back pose method it has a series of drills and really the drills can be whatever you come up with. There are some standard ones and I'm trying to, you know, just every week throw out a couple of those onto uh, my Instagram page just to, you know, again, spread the word about. Yeah.
1: Your uh, you videos know, are it. great by the way. I love the video drills you're doing.
0: Actually, yeah. It's, it's fun trying to come up with them and just, I'm you know, just trying to get some, some information out there for people to try. And the drills can look kind of funny because they're, ultimately they, they end up being like an exaggeration or a you're trying to perceive how you're landing. So it may look like I'm pulling my leg like, or knee way up in the air and pulling my hip under my butt like higher than um, way high when in reality when you're going out for a run you may not actually have to pull your foot that high because how high you pull your foot off the ground is really based on how quickly you're running. So a sprinter is going to have this super high pull of his foot, you know, up near his butt, probably right next to it. Whereas, if you're just jogging along, you can still go 180 feet, but your foot—it's really not coming that far off the ground. Um, the uh, the quickest way I think to show people like Pose method is um, just stand still and, and kind of run in place. So, if you're running in place, you know, are you heel striking? No, you're probably not, because that would really hurt. <laughs> um, you're probably, on, you're probably on the balls of your feet, running in place, and, you know, what you can do is, um, I'll come to that in a second. So you just run in place and then shift your weight forward at your hips. So don't lean, don't bend over at the waist, but you just kind of shift your weight forward with your hips. So now that um, your center of mass is no longer over the balls of your feet, but it's kind of like out over your toes a little bit. So that means gravity is gonna start pulling down on you and because you're not, or gravity is still pulling down, but because your, your center of mass there is moved, you're gonna start falling forward. And if you just keep running in place, ultimately, but now you're gonna start moving forward, you're gonna stay on the balls of your feet as you move forward. And your body is landing, then each step is landing ultimately under your general center of mass and you just kinda of keep moving forward. And then you can stride it out. The problem is when people go to then stride out or run out their their drill, they may switch back to like, a real big stride, and they're then going to start heel striking. Right. That drill, just running in place and then shifting your weight forward. That you want your mind to be thinking: Okay, how are my feet impacting the ground? Every step I'm taking here, you know, just boom, 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 boom. I'm hitting my hitting the balls of my feet and. My feet aren't really coming off the ground very high, which is fine. Um, and just then, shifting my weight forward, causing gravity to pull me forward because I'm starting to fall forward a little bit. But by shifting, by taking another step, I'm putting a step underneath and underneath, and just keep, uh, you run it out. So for everybody, here, it's like, you know, i just say pause the pause this recording, maybe, and run run in place for a second, and then lean forward and see if you, you know, ultimately end up heel striking as you move forward. Uh, my my bet is that you won't unless you really start to push the pace for some reason. So don't worry about pace when you're doing this, just think, think about how your feet are impacting the ground and what it feels like and it, and it it later makes, on. <laughs> it,
1: makes, it makes perfect sense because, um, you know, I know I, I always do it, you know, if I'm trying to you know, get a better time, you know, or trying to go down a hill, I always, you know, I know it's not smart to open up your stride to run faster, but I always do that, and not necessarily heel strike, but it's just Mm -hmm. a really long, big stride, and just hammering the knees, and like the whole next week, my (laughs) knees will be sore from it, but it's just what I know, get down the hill fast, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly, yeah, you just, You'll, you'll stride out on the hill. It's kind of the natural thing to do. Uh, when in reality, you can run down a hill on your, on the ball of your feet, which then saves like, saves your quads from all that, that pounding, too, and the, your shins from taking that initial, you know, your heel hits, and then your feet slap the ground on the downhill and just it rips the, that front part of your leg. But, um, but I was to like, Your 180 comment and, yeah. like, thinking that, you know... Just getting that, that feel. So, for so the 180 beats, it's really kind of the minimum. You, you can go higher. Like, sprinters are closer to like 210, 220, I think, kind of that's what Bolt was based on some of the stuff we learned. Um, and wow. in, in doing the 180, that's kind of the minimum where your muscles and your tendons, um, they did studies on this. The 180 is where your muscles and tendons are happiest, or they're happy at least at that rate. Anything slower, And you end up being in tension too long. So you have the tendon under tension too long. And eventually the tendons are going to get angry at you, and it's going to hurt, and you're going to want to, you know, not run anymore. So that 180 beats, it it, it takes some adjustment, and it's something that, you know, was not easy for me. But the one thing that (laughs) kind of I heard Richard Diaz recommend was just get on a treadmill at, like, you know, uh, 4 miles per hour, so a 15-minute mile. It'll look pretty goofy when you do this, but do it anyways. Yeah. Um, get a metronome and just start running at 180 beats per minute when the treadmill's only going like 4 miles per hour. You probably walk it, but just <laughs> get the feel of boom, 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 like just how quickly your feet are coming off the ground. And they're not going to be coming off the ground far um, like in some of those uh, drills where I am standing against the wall and pulling my heel all the way up to my butt. You know, that's that's what, that's ultimately a drill to get my hamstring used to the idea of firing or pulling your foot off the ground. Um, but you know, so getting used to that 180 beats a minute. Go just real slow on a treadmill and just try to try to run at 180 beats a minute. See what that feels
1: like i know it's pretty taxing i've because i've I've downloaded Uh a metronome and just running with it and it it doesn't matter like at any pace you run 180 minutes it just gets your heart rate jacked man especially in this hot summer weather but i'm i'm trying i'm trying to get used to it i'm trying to get used to it that's good
0: yeah because once once i made that switch you your body just adapts to it so your body has to adapt to it like it has to adapt to anything um, that you throw at it. So of course it's going to start freaking out. Your heart rate's going to go up because it's like, what are you trying to do? You know, we're not used to our feet going this fast. Um, and, and it could be that you're, you know, subconsciously trying to pull your feet too too high off the ground for how quickly you're running. Um, and that, that could be causing some of the issue.
1: I know. It, it, and I I had to be careful cause I, I think like one day I, I, I ran about 10 or 12 miles doing it. And towards the end of the run, I was starting to scissor my legs more than bend them. And I could tell I was, I was okay. kind of <laughs> yeah. taking worse uh, form trying to keep up with the beat. So I was having to be careful not to do that. <clears throat> but uh, Chris, yeah, you, you, mm-hmm.
0: go ahead. Oh, I was
1: just saying when it comes to the
0: metronome I, I've, I didn't realize hearing hear this until the, the clinic I attended. Um, and, like, when we think of a metronome, we're thinking, you know, 180 beats. So on the beat, we're probably trying to put our foot down on the ground. But in reality, we should be thinking pull our foot off the ground every time we hear a beat. So it's like pull, 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 pull. And that's just a different way to... Uh, that way you're not focused on, like, slamming your foot into the ground on the beat and you're more just focused on pulling your foot off the ground and letting then gravity pull your foot back down to the ground and land
1: naturally. And, and you know, it's funny you say that because to me, mm-hmm. that was the way it felt. It felt easier to keep up with the beat, pulling on the beat instead of oh, putting down on okay. the beat myself. So that makes sense. Well, then,
0: then you're ahead of me then on
1: that. <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> I like it but that yeah, was the, so that just felt natural uh more natural for me to pull on the beat and all i just about don't need the metronome anymore cuz i've just about got that beat stuck in my head <laughs>
0: <laughs> you do a few uh hour long workouts with the metronome going in the background and yeah. you kind of get that that beat down pretty
1: quickly yeah so. And so, Chris, you're going to be doing a, a running clinic here local in, and, and what is this weekend coming up, August the 19th, or no, it's two weeks away.
0: Yeah, so the 19th uh, at Reform Total Fitness in Reynoldsburg, Ohio, which is just east of Columbus, Ohio. Um, I think it's just a suburb, ultimately, of Columbus. Um, Jeffrey Cochran, one of the guys on our relentless uh, OCR team, he he's one of the owners there, and Graciously offered to uh, let me host the first clinic there, so it's going to be like a, a three- to four-hour clinic. Um, not a lot of running necessarily, because again, we're focused on technique and just going over these concepts of you know what is pose method, why do we want to look at doing this, um, how do we get a you know get rid of the deviations from the, the pose fall poles, so or only. So we're really focused on getting through those three frames and you know, getting rid of everything else. Um, we'll, we'll film everybody's drawing pretty much first thing when they get there. Um, and then by the end of it, having gone through you know, a host of drills, whether they're you know, body position, pose method type of drills, so people start feeling how their you know, body reacts based on where, uh, where their weight is. But you know, or in the heels or in the, the balls of the feet. Um, focus on those drills, uh, pulling drills, so working on pulling your feet from the ground, uh, and then falling drills, and put all that together, and then we'll look at refilming everybody again and compare that, compare the two videos. Cool. I'm not saying it's going to uh, fix all your issues, but we are. it will give you a number of drills that you can then take and continue using on your own Um, and then one of the options for the clinic is to um, you know i want to be able to be available to people after the clinic so we'll have our have a, a forum which is basically just a facebook group where we can keep asking questions after the fact and then um there's i'm giving people the option to you know send me four additional videos as they progress and then you know like like you change up your routine your workouts um, you know, I'll, I'll recommend changes to the drills you're doing based on where you're at. Um, so, for example, I, I gave you some recommendations on drills that I think you should start with, right. um, which may or may not be some of the ones that I've been putting on to uh, Instagram, whereas um, Caleb one Yates, of I looked at uh, Yeah, so I looked at Caleb Yates um, stride and he's actually, I mean, it's very rare to see somebody in the one-to-one ratio right away, but he was in it, and his his goal then really is all right. Let's let's just get faster. I mean, everybody for the most part wants to be faster, so that comes from really working on the falling aspect, or becoming more comfortable with uh, being farther out over your over the ground, you know, from where your your legs are supporting you. Um, so you can actually lean. If you think about how far you can lean forward uh, without moving your feet, uh, you can go to 22.5 degrees uh, before you fall on your face. Anything more and you'll fall on your face. So like a sprinter, like Bolt, he's up near like 21 degree fall in, in this 100-meter dash. Um, so he's like living on the edge, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so for Caleb, all the drills that I, I sent him were basically around falling and getting... not gonna say it was all me but he did come in fifth on sunday in Asheville. hey i think that was a pretty good place
1: so <laughs> i don't really know caleb really good but i know him enough to say hey mm-hmm. caleb what's up when we go to the races yeah but you know yeah. i used to would see him during the races like last year but this year okay. he's like upped his game i don't even see him anymore until like after <laughs> we're done So, whatever he changed up in his his workout or his running, it's working for him because he's been killing it this year. He podiumed at uh, Fort Benning when we were down there.
0: That's right. That's right. He's he's been working with uh, Bracken and, oh, I'm blanking on the name of their group, uh, Leaderboard.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's been
0: working with with them on the workout. Uh, But it was, uh, I I appreciate him asking me to take a look at his his video. Uh, So, and that, you know, looking at coaching and whatnot, um, I am working with one guy out of Alabama right now, kind of putting a weekly plan together for him, but my goal is, you know, know, I just want to kind of augment and come alongside other people, other coaches, because I don't think a lot of coaches really look at form as part of the overall package, you know, I, you know, I'll just say generically, it's like, okay, you want to do a five K, well, or a marathon. Here, here, here's the training plan, or here's, you know, basically the, what we're going to start doing each week. But they don't look at, okay, well, how's your form? You know, are you, is your body designed to handle this increased load? Right. Uh, especially for somebody jumping into a marathon, it's like that's, that's a lot of distance and a lot of pounding to put on your body. Yeah. Uh, especially if your body's not. Um, really, if your form is not there and designed to absorb that impact efficiently, so, yeah. Well, it sounds. Uh, ultimately, I'm saying you know, I'll help people with their form, and I will be perfectly happy just doing that, and um, you know, happy working with coaches to you know, the leaderboard can they can, get, they can give Caleb all the workouts, and Caleb if he wants to come back and me review some video again i be happy to do that so that's kind of where I see my, my coaching being is more
1: more form same, and like not form. Yeah. training plans right yeah.
0: exactly because there, there are people that are much smarter at putting those together than, than I am
1: right says so the person yeah. that usually is in the top 10 at every Spartan race he does <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll just <laughs> say I figured out what works, what works okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't the idea of giving training plans to people, it's, it's, it's a whole different game at that point. Oh, yeah. Just the amount of time you really have to put into, which I'm seeing with, you know, this, this one guy that I'm working with, it's like, I've really got to know him. I've got to know how he did last week and how he's doing, you know, what, what are we shooting for? Um, so I'm only giving him a week at a time. Uh, it's It takes a lot of time to do it right. Um, and that's really why... I, happier just doing the, the form and helping people there because I think that's about all I have time for these days Right, uh, with, between work, family, and, and my own running
1: that I, that I enjoy doing. Oh, no doubt. So um, is there anything that uh, uh, people need to do when they sign up for this clinic that you're doing? Like you got a website, you got to sign up for it or anything like that? Or is it just show up? Or, uh, Yeah, I mean, the, the best way to
0: do it is because I do want to keep the class the um, class is small, and we've got, right now we have three signed up, which in my mind, that's a success. Like, we did it, <laughs> um, but, but I, I will strictly limit this to 10 people at the most, um, which like, I, I never really expected to get 10, which is cool, but it's like, if something were to happen and we actually had a bunch of people want to sign up, then I'd, I'd want to limit the class to 10 so that everybody gets the attention because we are going to be filming everybody
1: Got to start somewhere, right?
0: Yeah, and you know I'm just having fun with it. And again, I I think a lot. I mean, again, considering 85% of. Shoot.
1: I know yeah, I need I to run that. Um, and you mentioned something about Relentless uh, OCR earlier, and, and I noticed that on, on your Facebook page it says, you're a Relentless OCR athlete, and I actually went to the website page and, and checked it out, and it's actually a pretty uh, cool little website. You want to tell us about that a little bit? Uh, I'll tell
0: you that the website probably needs to be updated. <laughs> we don't have everybody out there, and... I just don't have the time to update it.
1: <laughs> so oh so that's have, your website uh, and you run it?
0: Yeah, that's that's another one. So I'm kinda I mean, I'm the quote unquote tech guy, so I, I can put it together and you know, maintain it as much as much as I can. So uh, Gravity run is getting more more attention right now than the Relentless site, mm-hmm. but we also we put most, most of our relentless uh, O C R news and whatnot on Facebook so just Relentless or Facebook.com slash Relentless OCR
1: yeah I know I usually always see somebody with one of the tattoos or the or the, or the, <laughs> the fake tattoos at the races and all
0: yeah it's, uh, it's been great to be part of a smaller team and just being able to encourage one another and give each other goals so, it's been fun to see how we have branched out so we've got one guy uh, originally from the Columbus, Ohio area, he moved out to Denver, Colorado, and he's kind of switched to the whole ultra scene. I think he just did his first 100K the wow. other weekend. Uh, and you know, just, we got people that are a little bit more focused on the, the ninja stuff now. And, um, it's just, it's all part of this obstacle course racing community that uh, that we have and you know you, you saw it before the race like it was to me it wasn't a bad thing that Asheville was delayed a half an hour because it gave us a half an hour to just you know chat with people
1: yeah. that we
0: typically don't get to do when we get to a race it's all about you know, hurry up get get ready for the race gun goes off race finishes and then you know there's a little bit of time usually to hang around afterwards but that's, that's it the uh, I mean, time to
1: to me, that's I what was awesome about the New Jersey Beast is on Sunday, it didn't start until 9, and I was like, man, I wish every race oh, started right. at 9. <laughs> yeah, that was the race you yeah, placed like, first at, too. <laughs> that's
0: right, yeah. It was. That was a strategic uh, point race, that one. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to New Jersey, watch a couple buddies run on Saturday and get their first Ultra Beast under their uh, belts. They were both
1: successful. That was good to see. And then, let me see
0: who shows up on Sunday then for the Beast and go for that uh, 300-point win. Hey, that was a good idea.
1: Thankfully, yeah. Yeah, and it worked out. Thankfully. I I run the Beast both days, and for some reason, I don't know what it is about Spartan, but most of the time, I run better on my second day, unless it's like maybe a sprint weekend, but... Man, I killed yeah, okay. I think I cut ten minutes off my time on the second day there. It was a, it I believe was a, it because a lot better day. you didn't
0: have for one, you didn't have the the uh, run the through the
1: ultra beast or yeah. well.
0: and you were familiar with the course. Yeah. I think that that typically helps because you you know, you know I can push it here or Yeah, I have to hold off a little bit on this hill. So yeah. <clears throat>
1: And didn't you, like, court-martial or something? do the course marshal on Saturday or something?
0: Yeah, I was helping Alex, um, like, I was laughing, Alex, he's out in Hawaii right now for officiating that race. Yeah. I didn't get to call for that one, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was helping Alex officiate uh, the Ultra Beast that day, uh, typically when Spartan has, uh, multiple elite races on the same day, so there's an elite Ultra Beast and an elite Beast on the same day, um, uh, one of us takes one of the elite races, and the other person takes the other one. Um, yeah. If so I may go back out to Breckenridge, and skip West Virginia. What? Uh, I don't know. It's an option right now mm. uh, to to officiate that ultra beast while he he manages the beast and sprint on so, Sunday. The so so
1: was he? Is the officiate thing? Is that kind of like a volunteer position, or
0: Uh, you can volunteer to be one of the course marshals with the ultimately the lead official. So we have to bring. uh, It is it is a paid Spartan position. So we have to bring you know all the all the camera hardware. uh, Be the person that any complaints go to. uh, Transport the, the checks and prize money and the coins and make sure everything's handed out correctly. So there's,
1: there's, so it's kind like of like what Robert does. In, well. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's exactly what Robert Coble does. He's, he's the lead uh, lead guy, and he will he always takes a race. And then if there happen to be two races on that weekend, then typically Alex is the, the other person that helps out. And then if, if they have three races or Alex can't make it for whatever reason, then um, I can... I can step in and help. And then we do have uh, at least two two other folks around the country that can fill in mm. uh, for us. Yeah. So course marshaling is fun. It's fun, actually kind of fun to just sit back and watch a race go uh, instead of being being out there racing.
1: Right. That's cool. So, hey, Chris, we just finished uh, Asheville last weekend. Tell us about how you thought the race went in Asheville. I mean, I know it was a stacked course or nobody really got Mm -hmm. to place as good as they wanted to
0: (laughs) well you know going into it I figured okay having placed 26th in Monterey and knowing that life has been a little busier this last month for me uh, I was probably shooting again for the 20 to 30 range and I think I finished 22nd officially 21st my first lost I thought but I think the results say 22nd right now um, so I was I was totally ecstatic I was like yes that's just how I expected to go uh, so from a placement position that was cool uh, but looking at the course you know that's Asheville's a cool place This it, was the first a the cool place I'd, I'd run Asheville um, I love the creek I love when the courses have water on them Yeah. So the weekend before and uh, Fort Knox they had a couple of creek runs like that was that was a blast. So anytime Spartan throws a creek into it, it like takes me back to my days of childhood, running through the creek with uh, my brothers and exploring the woods. So I was just loved those courses. Yeah. Um, and then getting up in the mountains. I mean, the you know, the, <laughs> the carries there. So the three carries at Asheville were
1: they were pretty incredible. Rough. There was there was the double sandbag,
0: but it was the first time know of that they've used the tubes mm-hmm. so This year they switch to those uh, sand tubes
1: um if you throw them around your neck you can probably choke yourself i, I tried, tried that and it did start choking me <laughs> i was like i can't hold it like that <laughs> that's right
0: so but so this was the first time i think they had two and you know i might have been cheating but i still carried the bags I um, was ultimately, by the end, dragging one of the bags along and had one of the others <laughs> on my shoulder. It's like, I got through it, but, man, it looked like it destroyed some people.
1: See, um, and I thought about doing that, but, like, mm-hmm. the ends on mine were tied up in a way that you couldn't, like, hold it as a as a handle, oh, so... Okay. Man, I don't know how many times that's my, that was my first double sandbag ever. And I don't know how many times (laughs) I had to put those bags down and readjust them and try to carry them. I was going up was awful, but once it turned around and come down, I could, you know, kind of shoulder one and wrap around the other one. And I could run down the hill then, but it was, it was tough going up that hill and I just didn't see it. I guess I must have missed them say at the beginning of the race it was going to be a double sandbag because we was all over there joking and carrying on. And when we got there, I know I was probably at max heart rate when I got there. And when I picked up those two bags, it just crushed my world. And, and, and then when we got to the top of the hill, when we got to the top of the hill and started coming down, they had run out of sandbags and like they had told, told them, that to only carry one, so I'm. Everybody was getting totally pissed off because people were coming around us with one bag, and we all had two. I thought I heard that. Like
0: that's, yeah, that's so good. If they're gonna do the double, then, or either gonna really limit the field, or yeah, make sure that they have enough. Uh, that are shorten the, shorten the carry. Cause, I mean, it was it was a decent, yeah, length for that. Manbag carry. And it was. Again, but, with with these two bags I think it threw everybody off.
1: Yeah. It's it's Spartan needs to either, you know, I mean, make sure they have enough bags or I mean, it should be one of those things where you either don't do it or you do it. And I mean if you do it, you mm-hmm. gotta make sure you have enough bags or they need to make a rule to where if there's not two bags there when you get there you just got to form a line and wait because, I mean, it's like any other obstacle. You get to the multi-rig or the monkey bars, there's too many people on the bars. What do you do? You have to wait. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. I mean, that's the only uh-huh. way it can make it fair because the difference in carrying 60 pounds and 120 pounds up a hill is going to change people's times. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, even if you, you know made them do the lap twice. You can still carry one of those bags a lot faster than you can carry two of those bags. Oh, so you yeah. can probably do two laps in, you know, less than the same amount of time that you would take to carry two of those bags. Oh yeah, Unless I mean, it
1: was crazy it people. was easy to look at the amount of bags that they had and know that there wasn't enough bags to do a double. I mean, I don't, I don't know who made that call, yeah. but. I guess as long as all the top dogs got to carry two, that was all that mattered. Make <laughs> <laughs> it look good for NBC, so it's yeah. A, yeah, all that
0: matters.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I don't even think there was a camera on that part or anything. It wasn't for the live feed, I know that. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. that bucket I mean, was carrying... great.
0: <laughs> I was having a blast on that bucket carry.
1: I, I was going too. For
0: that race was really to have fun, and yeah, it
1: looked like that bucket carry was breaking souls. <laughs> and see, I'm better at the bucket than I am with a sandbag, especially a double sandbag. So, I mean, bring mm-hmm. it on, man. I'll take on the hard buckets over a sandbag. I, I didn't put it down one time, and everybody else was, you know, looked like they were about to puke in their buckets, so I didn't mind it one bit. I actually made up some time <laughs> from the sandbag on the bucket. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, the bucket carry was, was fun. I mean,
0: it's... Steve uh, Hammond was right there, and yep, just jump, pull that bucket, and hurry up that hill, and you couldn't see the end, which was great. They put it around the corner, yeah. Turn around. I think I heard half mile. That could have been an exaggeration.
1: It was was pretty. It was pretty close. It was way more than a quarter mile for sure. Okay. Okay. But but see, what was such a mind screw there is that that's the exact same place it was last year and last okay. year you pretty much walked up to the top of the hill and turned around and come back and that's what they changed it to oh. on sunday for the sprint so i guarantee you everybody that run it last year was like okay all i gotta do is go up this hill and turn around and come back <laughs> nope
0: <laughs> oh that is awful Then so i'm glad i didn't run it last
1: year because oh I man falling uh, it was it was epic, dude. It was epic. But you're right. That log carry was pretty brutal, too. I even forgot that I saw log carry on the map. So, again, I run up to the log carry, and I was probably at max heart rate, and I was like, crap. And all the smaller logs were on the bottom, so I had to get one that was kind of big because I didn't want to look like a wuss and dig through them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that one... I guess I when I came up to it like, Oh yeah, there was a log carry on the map and I, I was feeling pretty good but what, for whatever reason, as soon as I started up that hill, it's like boom, it just hit me. Yeah. And I had to put the log down and just like breathe for a minute, like, what is going on? And Yeah. You know, you really start questioning life at that yeah. point. Why do I do these
1: <laughs> races?
0: <laughs> uh, pulled it together, yeah. And, of made it back down, but it, it was a blast. Uh, you know, getting to the finish line. They had that whole gauntlet area.
1: Oh um, man!
0: I I, I totally wussed out on the tires and just tapped the tire and went and did my burpees, which you know, in hindsight, that was a smart move because I think I ended up passing a lot four people. Right. Doing that. So <laughs> until I can become a little bit stronger and more pushing at those tires, like I, I might just use that strategy.
1: a while here well you got to think when you're gassed you know it might take you three to four minutes to do 30 burpees you sit Uh there and play with that tire for a long time it 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 might not take that long but it'll take you a little while like sunday i couldn't get my fingers under it sunday so i couldn't even get it at all sunday so i didn't i just i felt my time going and i was like i'm just going to go do the burpees so but yeah i just wonder if they
0: could get like because I think that's the biggest complaint is is people can't get their fingers, their fingers under, it. under it to to do the lift. Because you know we can all do you know pretty strong. You can do deadlifts, oh, yeah. you know, heavy deadlifts, and we probably all flipped a pretty big tire. But you're right. If you can't get your fingers under it, then you're just you're stuck. Yeah. So.
1: No, I had no problems with it on Saturday. I I was able to. Uh-huh. Get get my fingers under it, and and when, what I actually did, I did the same thing they were talking about Hobie did, but that, I, I stood yeah. it up, and then I let it back down on my fingers, and then lifted it back up and flipped it over the second time. Yeah, that's that's what I keep hearing is the way to do it,
0: and I keep telling myself, well, if I ever get the tire up the first time, then i try to remember to do that, but I'll probably forget and just be so excited that I actually lifted the tire once that i yeah.
1: forget to keep my hands under it the second time. <laughs> yeah, I think the next time I'm going to try to kind of like move it from side to side and maybe like kind of move it up onto your foot to where you can get mm, your mm-hmm. fingers under it maybe. Yeah. I think maybe uh, that I just happen. know
0: that my, my kids were yelling at me because <laughs> their kids' race was starting in like five
1: minutes.
0: They were like, <laughs> come
1: on, we not finish. They no, weren't worried about your no, race. No. They were worried about your theirs, Dad. <laughs> that's right so that was that was the motivation there was hurry up and finish was was them yelling at me so that was the only obstacle you had to do burpees on was the tire Uh, sadly I missed the spear
0: throw for the first time this year
1: I messed up Olympus and the Z-wall on Saturday
0: uh, oh yeah Z-wall that one that one used to be my
1: nemesis. I slipped uh-huh. right off it. I got right behind somebody, and I had to wait for him. And I relaxed my hand for one second, and then my weight oh, was no. too far back, and I was like, "Man, I can't believe I just did that." <laughs> that's
0: supposedly the issue. I mean, guys, guys fail it more than the ladies because we stick our butts out for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> that's what gets us. We got to keep our keep close to that wall. Yeah, and- but.
1: But it was you know a what? Cool, fun race. It was a fun race. Asheville's always been a really cool race. Last year it was even better because they sent you on way more incline last year. Everybody complained about it. That's probably why they didn't have it this year. But it was epic. I mean, it was rememberable by far last year because of all the incline. I mean, they took probably a good mile of incline out of it this year.
0: But, and you're right. That's what I was kind of expecting going in, having heard. You know, there was, just like, this death march yeah. up this huge incline. And yeah, they totally it really cut it out. Wasn't okay, because there, there was a good incline. There were some good hills, but it wasn't like, <clears> you know,
1: you just... Because you're last guys, year, it was like right fire. after, because they've, 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 every year they've put stairway to Sparta in the same place where you can look down in the valley when you get to the top of it. But there was yeah, a was point kind of last year where you kind of took a hard right and it was somewhere after Stairway to Sparta, and you just went up, and you'd go around a corner, and you'd go up, and then you went around another corner, and you went up. I mean, I was walking really? it last year, and I was like, man, I cannot catch my breath. It, oh, my gosh. It, it, was, it was wicked last year. It was really cool. But, wow. wow. Yeah, that definitely wasn't there this year. And, and it was really cool what they did this year at Asheville that, I mean, I, they've never done it. At most of the races I've done too, is the sprint course was just totally like a whole different run. You know, the way they cut and rerouted through it, the sprint course was actually really cool too.
0: No, I didn't look at the map. too closely. we we ended up getting in the car and just driving back to Cincinnati um, right after the race. The kids finished, so I did not see what the sprint was all
1: about. Man, I was killing it too, man. I was having a good race. Uh-huh. My running was going good. I bet when I got to the rope climb, I was probably in like, I don't know, maybe like 20th place. And I messed okay. up like four obstacles in a row and dropped to like 50 something before I finished. I was upset. <laughs> no. yeah, it well, that's the problem
0: these days. These yeah, man. Spurt races are.
1: competitive. It it really is. You just about got to have a perfect race to really just, you know, get a good position. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're not a fast runner like Like, me. What? Go ahead. (laughs) Especially when you're not a fast runner like I am. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's
0: just competitive regardless of where you are, I think, in the the standings. I mean, the difference between 21st and my you know my twenty second and twenty fifth. I think we were all in the same minute. So yeah, just, just, you, you can't you can't mess up anything and expect to you know finish where you used to finish. Like that first year of Spartan racing, like yeah you know you'll some obstacles and it's no big deal and you'll still do all right. But now it's like there's just there's so many good people up near the front of the pack. Yeah, and, it, and it, not necessarily in that. you know, there's the protein guys, the fast, the real guys, the real fast guys, but then you've got, you've got
1: fast guys and that 10 through 20 spot, 20 through 30 spot, yeah. 30, 40, 40 and 40, it, to 50. And it's like you said, you know, within like a five-minute span, there's liable to be 20 people and probably finish in a five-minute span, so I mean, it's, it's, it's it gets quicker, yeah. man, and, and more guys are signing up for for doing elite, and I mean, it's, it's getting really competitive, you're right.
0: But that's good. That's good for the sport, and you know, I don't have any any issue with younger guys coming in to beat me. It's <laughs> it's, it's great to see um, new faces on the podium. Uh, it's great to see these new faces at the race because that just means the the sport's going to grow, and it's it's growing. So that's and if if I can be a target, I know I'm a target for at least a couple guys on the team. <laughs> like if I can be a target for them, make them run harder, then that's cool. Like that. That's fine when they beat me I'm gonna I'm gonna congratulate them I'm not gonna necessarily make it easy for them, but I'll congratulate them.
1: did Robert congratulate you when you beat him
0: <laughs> no I think I had already made it over to the uh, beer tent by then <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: did you bring him a beer oh, it's like man. here you go Robert sorry about your race <laughs> <laughs> oh man if he hears
0: this he's gonna
1: No, I'm sure he's a cool guy. I think he was top five in
0: Asheville, and I was 22nd. Let's not forget that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, but that ultra beast at Tahoe, though. (laughs) Uh,
0: On that Sunday, the
1: story was different. I I remember seeing a video of that, and like Hunter McIntyre was like drunk and goofing around with everybody (laughs) right before they left out. Did did, Did you see any of that?
0: like, what is going on? Hunter, I think,
1: was still... He was out there in a Christmas, Christmas sweater or something. Yeah. yeah, he was having a good
0: old time. I think he sprinted the first 100 meters of the race when it started
1: to. Yeah, I think I heard, I heard about that. And somebody had a little short video of it. It was posted on Facebook. Uh,
0: the the group did.
1: Yeah. They were all, all there. Well, hey, Chris. Man, we're coming up on an hour, man. I don't want to take up any more of your time while you're on vacation. Uh... So, it was August the 20th, 19th, for your clinic?
0: August 19th, the afternoon of the 19th. Uh, One to four, roughly. So, a lot of time with everybody. uh, Breaking things down and going through those drills and getting that feel. So, August 19th for the Columbus one. And then uh, September 23rd for the one in Indianapolis. And then, yeah, you can go to gravity.run right now and register for either of those. Uh, there's a clinic-only option, or you can do the clinic uh, plus, I'm calling it, which is for additional video reviews um, after, after the clinic. So well, continued, continued education and work with me after the fact.
1: And, and, and what's, what's your Instagram for people who want to follow you and maybe see some of these drill videos isn't it like Gravity Runner or something like that? Uh, it's, it's actually just Gravity Run
0: also. On Instagram. You can find me there. And, yep, Instagram is Gravity Run. Changed it recently from uh, the instant messenger handle I created back in like two thousand one. Right. <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> to now gravity.run. Run. So, mostly, uh, yeah, it's mostly these these drills now and other random running and obstacle course stuff
1: well hey that's cool chris well man i really appreciate you talking to us today man
0: i just appreciate the invite thanks for uh thanks for asking and again thanks for sending your video along um it's helping me look at all these different uh different strides that people are doing and helping me with my uh recommendations on what we need what we need to work on with everybody so thank you for that and thank you because i want to
1: start race. using some of those drills i need to tighten up my game for sure
0: well good and if you uh after a month or so of going through those send me a new video we'll we'll take a look and see um if we can adjust the drills and uh, work on the next step
1: cool man i'm gonna do that
0: <clears throat> please do all right scott well we'll talk to you later and uh, look forward to
1: seeing you at the next race all right thank you chris Take care. Bye. Hope you enjoyed that. I want to thank Chris again for talking to us. Um, if you're in the Columbus, Ohio area, I would definitely check out that clinic that he's fixing to put on. Um, I'm, there's not a lot of people out there that can say they don't need any help with their form when it comes to running. Uh, my next race will be in West Virginia. Holler at me there. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, um, uh, Leave a review on iTunes. If anybody's interested in telling me about their race or wants to do an interview, uh just hit me up on Messenger. Uh we'll see you at the next race.
0: Peace.